my dear devotees, welcome back to the daily readings of Srila Prabhupada's books, right here in the Haven, which is located in Hive, Kent, Southeast England, just a stone's throw from the English Channel. Uh, I'm here with my trusty assistants, associates, friends, disciple, Abhayad Das Brahmachari. He does everything in par excellence. We hope you're all happy and well, especially, and safe, even more especially, in this uh, dangerous age we're living in. We'll try to make it a little safer by reading Srila Prabhupada's books out loud, this Shabda Brahman, uh, Srila Prabhupada's spiritual uh, zeal for giving happiness to others. Srimad Bhagavata Mahima Stotram by Srila Sanatana Goswami explains why that is. It goes like this. Sarva Shastrabdipi Yusha Sarva Vedaika Satpala Sarva Siddhanta Ratnaja Sarvalokaikadrikprada O nectar from the ocean of all scriptures, singular fruit of all the Vedas, rich mine of the precious gems of all conclusive truths, you are the only giver of sight to all the worlds. Sarva Bhagavata Prana Srimad Bhagavata Prabho Kali Dwanduditaditya Sri Krishna Parivartita. O life heir of all the Supreme Lord's devotees, O Master Srimad Bhagavatam, you are the sun risen in the darkness of Kali. You are the exact image of Sri Krishna. Paramananda Pataya Prema Varshakshadayate Sarvada Sarvasevyaya Sri Krishnaya Namostume. I bow down to you who were supremely blissful to read. Your every syllable pours down a flood of prema. You can always be served by everyone. You are Sri Krishna Himself. Madeka Bando Matsangin Madguro Man Mahadana Manisadagamad Bhagya Mad Anandanamostute. My only friend, my constant companion, my spiritual master, my great wealth, my savior, my good fortune, my source of ecstasy, I bow down to you. Asadu Saduta Dayin Adini Chuchata Kada Hanamunchagadachin Mam Premnarit Kantajokspura O bestower of saintliness to the unsaintly O exalter of the most fallen, please never leave me. Always appear in my heart and my voice with pure love. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya
So we reach the 14th chapter of the 4th Canto of Srimad Bhagavatam. We're hearing now about uh, Maharaj Venu, the evil son of Maharaj Anga, whose mother was death personified. The sages have had enough. Maharaj Venu is uh, offense personified and they've had enough. Uh, they destroyed him just by the sound of their voices. We begin with text 42. <clears throat> the sages decided that the descendants of the family of the saintly king Anga should not be stopped. For in this family, the semen was very powerful and the children were prone to become devotees of the Lord. Purport. The purity of hereditary succession is called Amogavirya. The pious seminal succession in the twice-born families of the Brahmanas and Kshatriyas especially, as well as in the families of Vaishyas also, must be kept very pure by the observation of the purificatory processes beginning with Garbhadana Sangskara, which is observed before conceiving a child. Unless this purificatory process is strictly observed, especially by the brahmanas, the family descendants become impure and gradually sinful activities become visible in the family. Maharaj Anga was very pure because of the um, because of the purification of semen in the family of Maharaj Dhruva. However, his semen became contaminated in association with his wife Sunita, who happened to be the daughter of death personified. Because of this polluted semen, King Vena was produced. This was a catastrophe in the family of Dhruva Maharaj. All the saintly persons and sages considered this point and they decided to take action in this matter as described in the following verses. Text 43 After making a decision, <clears throat> the saintly persons and sages <clears throat> churned the thighs of the dead body of King Vena with great force and according to a specific method. As a result of this churning, a dwarf-like person was born from King Vena's body. Purport. That person born was born from the churning of the thighs of King Vena proves that the, the spirit soul is individual and separate from the body. The great sages and saintly persons could beget another person from the body of the dead King Vena, but it was not possible for them to bring King Vena back to life. King Vena was gone, and certainly he had taken another body. The saintly persons and sages were only concerned with the body of Vena because it was a result of the seminal succession in the family of Maharaj Dhruva. Consequently, the ingredients 
by which another body could be produced were there in the body of King Vena. By a certain process, when the thighs of the dead body were churned, another body came out. Although dead, the body of King Vena was preserved by drugs and mantras chanted by King Vena's mother. In this way, the ingredients for the production of another body were there. When the body of the person named Bahuka came out of the dead body of King Vena, it was really not very astonishing. It was simply a question of knowing how to do it. From the semen of one body, another body is produced, and the life symptoms are visible due to the souls taking shelter of this body. One should not think that it was impossible for another body to come out of the dead body of Maharaj Vena. This was performed by the skillful action of the sages. Text 44 This person born from King Vena's thighs was named Bahuka and his complexion was as black as a crow's. All the limbs of his body were very short, his arms and legs were short, and his jaws were large, his nose was flat, his eyes were reddish, and his hair copper-colored. Text 45 He was very submissive and meek, and immediately after his birth he bowed down and inquired, Sirs, what shall I do? The great sages replied, Please sit down, Nishida. Thus Nishada, the father of the Naishada race, was born. Purport It is said in the Shastras that the head of the body represents the Brahmanas, the, the arms represent the Chatriyas, the abdomen represents the Vaishyas, and the legs, beginning with the thighs, represent the Shudras. The Shudras are sometimes called black or Krishna. The Brahmanas are called Shukla or white and the Kshatriyas and the Vaishyas are a mixture of black and white. However, those who are extraordinarily white are said to have skin produced out of white leprosy. It may be concluded that white or a golden hue is the color of the higher caste and black as the complexion of the Shudras. Text 46 After his, Nishada's birth, he immediately took charge of all the resultant action of King Vena's sinful activities. As such, this Nishada class are always engaged in sinful activities like stealing, plundering, and hunting. Consequently, they are only allowed to live in the hills and forests. Purport The Naishadas are not allowed to live in cities and towns because they are sinful by nature. As such, their bodies are very ugly and their occupations are also sinful. We should, note, however, we should however, know that even these sinful men, who are sometimes called Kiratas, can be delivered from their sinful condition to the topmost Vaishnava platform by the mercy of a pure devotee. <clears throat> in engagement in the transcendental loving devotional service of the Lord can make anyone, however sinful he may be, 
fit to, to return home, back to Godhead. One who has only to one has only to become freed from all contamination by the process of devotional service. In this way, everyone can become fit to return home, back to Godhead. This is confirmed by the Lord Himself in Bhagavad Gita, nine thirty-two. Ye pisu papa yone yaha, striyo vaishas tata shudras, tepihanti padam gatim. O son of Prita, those who take shelter in me, though they be of lower birth, women, vaishas, merchants, as well as shudras, workers, can approach the supreme destination. Thus end the Bhaktivedanta purports of the fourth canto, fourteenth chapter of Śrīmad-Bhāgavatam entitled The Story of King Vena. All glories to the sages who knew exactly what to do to purify the body of King uh, Vena so that they could actually uh, welcome the, the appearance of King Prithu, the, the uh, incarnation of Krishna. Text fifth, uh, Chapter 15 King Prithu's Appearance and Coronation Text 1 <clears throat> The great sage Maitreya continued My dear Vidura Thus the Brahmanas and the great sages again churned the two arms of King Vena's dead body As a result a male and female couple came out of his arms Text 2. The great sages were highly learned in Vedic knowledge. When they saw the male and female born of the arms of Vena's body, they were very pleased, for they could understand that the couple was an expansion of a plenary portion of Vishnu, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Purport. The method adopted by the great sages and scholars who were learned in Vedic knowledge was perfect. They removed all the reactions of King Vena's sinful activities by seeing that King Vena first gave birth to Bahuka, described in the previous chapter. After King Vena's body was thus purified, a male and female came out of it, and the great sages could understand that this was an expansion of Lord Vishnu. This expansion, of course, was not Vishnu Tattva, but a specifically empowered expansion of Lord Vishnu, known as Avesha. Text 3 The great sages said, The male is a plenary expansion of the power of Lord Vishnu who maintains the entire universe. And the female is a plenary expansion of the goddess of fortune, who is never separated from the Lord. Purport The significance of the goddess of fortunes never being separated from the Lord is clearly mentioned herein. People in the material world are very fond of the goddess of fortune, and they want her favor, in the form of riches. They should know, however, 
that the goddess of fortune is inseparable from Lord Vishnu. Materialists should understand that the goddess of fortune should be worshipped along with Lord Vishnu and should not be regarded separately. Materialists seeking the favor of the goddess of fortune must worship Lord Vishnu and Lakshmi together to maintain material opulence. If a materialist follows the policy of Ravana, who wanted to separate Sita from Lord Ramachandra, the process of separation will vanquish him. Those who are very rich and have taken favor of the goddess of fortune in this world must engage their money in the service of the Lord. In this way, they can continue in their opulent position without disturbance. Text 4 Of the two, the male will be able to expand his reputation throughout the world. His name will be Pritu. Indeed, he will be the first among kings. Purport There are different types of incarnations of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. In the Shastras it is said that Garuda, the carrier of Lord Vishnu, and Lord Shiva and Ananta are all very powerful incarnations of the Brahman feature of the Lord. Similarly, Shachipati, or Indra, the King of Heaven, is an incarnation of the lusty feature of the Lord. Aniruddha is an incarnation of the Lord's mind. Similarly, King Prithu is an incarnation of the ruling force of the Lord. Thus the saintly persons and great sages predicted the future activities of King Prithu, who was already explained as a partial incarnation of a plenary expansion of the Lord. Text 5 The female has such beautiful teeth and beautiful qualities that she will actually beautify the ornaments she wears. Her name will be Archie. In the future, she will accept King Pritu as her husband. Text 6 <clears throat> In the form of King Pritu, the Supreme Personality of Godhead has appeared through a part of His potency to protect the people of the world. The Goddess of Fortune is the constant companion of the Lord, and therefore she has incarnated partially as Archie to become King Prithu's queen. Purport In Bhagavad Gita, the Lord says that whenever one sees an extraordinary power, he should conclude that a specific partial representation of the Supreme Personality of Godhead is present. There are innumerable such personalities, but not all of them are direct Vishnu Tattva, plenary expansions of the Lord. Many living entities are classified among the Shakti Tattvas. Such incarnations, empowered for specific purposes, are known as Shaktyavesha avatars. King Prithu was such a Shaktivesh avatar of the Lord. Similarly, Archie, King Prithu's wife, 
was a Shaktivesh avatar of the goddess of fortune. Text 7 The great sage Maitreya continued, My dear Viduraji, at that time all the brahmanas highly praised and glorified King Prithu, and the best singers of Gandharva Loka chanted his glories. The inhabitants of Siddhaloka showered flowers, and the beautiful women of the heavenly planets danced in ecstasy. Text 8 Conchels, bugles, drums, and kettle drums vibrated in outer space. Great sages, forefathers, and personalities from the heavenly planets all came to earth from various planetary systems. Text 9 and 10 Lord Brahma, the master of the entire universe, arrived there accompanied by all the demigods and their chiefs. Seeing the lines of Lord Vishnu's palm on King Prithu's right hand and impressions of lotus flowers on the soles of his feet, Lord Brahma could understand that King Prithu was a partial representation of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, one whose palm bears the sign of a disc as well as other lines should be considered a partial representation or incarnation of the Supreme Lord. PURPORT There is a system by which one can detect an incarnation of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Nowadays, it has become a cheap fashion to accept any rascal as an incarnation of God. But from this incident we can see that Lord Brahma personally examined the hands and feet of King Prithu for specific signs. In their prophecies, the learned sages and brahmanas accepted Prithu Maharaj as a plenary, par por plenary partial expansion of the Lord. During the presence of Lord Krishna, however, a king declared himself Vasudev and Lord Krishna killed him. Before accepting someone as an incarnation of God, one should verify his identity according to the symptoms mentioned in the Shastras. Without these symptoms, the pretender is subject to be killed by the authorities for pretending to be an incarnation of God. Text 11 The learned Brahmanas who were very attached to the Vedic ritualistic ceremonies then arranged for the king's coronation. People from all directions collected all the different paraphernalia for the ceremony. Thus, everything was complete. Text 12 All the rivers, seas, hills, mountains, serpents, cows, birds, animals, heavenly planets, the earthly planet, and all other living entities collected various presentations according to their ability to offer the king. Text 13 Thus the great king Prithu, exquisitely dressed with garments and ornaments, was coronated and placed on the throne. The king and his wife, Archie, 
who was also exquisitely ornamented, appeared like fire, exactly like fire. Text 14. The great sage continued, <clears throat> My dear Vidura, Kuvera presented the great king Pritu with a golden throne. The demigod Varuna presented him with an umbrella that constantly sprayed fine particles of water and was as brilliant, brilliant as the moon. Text 15 The demigod of air, Vayu, presented King Pritu with two whisks, chamaras, of hair. The king of religion, Dharma, presented him with a flower garland which would expand his fame. The king of heaven, Indra, presented him with a valuable helmet. And the superintendent of death, Yamaraj, presented him with a scepter with which to rule the world. Text 16 Lord Brahma presented King Prithu with a protective garment made of spiritual knowledge. Bharati, Saraswati, the wife of Brahma, gave him a transcendental necklace. Lord Vishnu presented him with a Sudarshan disc. And Lord Vishnu's wife, the goddess of fortune, gave him imperishable opulences. Purport All the demigods presented various gifts to King Prithu. Hari, an incarnation of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, known as Upendra in the heavenly planet, presented the king with a Surashan disc. It should be understood that this Surashan disc is not exactly the same type of Surashan disc used by the Personality of Godhead, Krishna, Krishna, or Vishnu. Since Maharaj Prita was a partial representation of the Supreme Personality of Godhead's power, the Sudarshan disc given to him represented the partial power of the original Sudarshan disc. Text 17 <clears throat> Lord Shiva presented him with a sword within a sheath marked with ten moons, and his wife, the goddess Durga, presented him with a shield marked with one hundred moons. The moon demigod presented him with horses made of nectar, and the demigod Vishwakarma presented him with a very beautiful chariot. Text 18 The demigod of fire, Agni, presented him with a bow made of the horns of goats and cows. The sun god presented him with arrows as brilliant as sunshine. The predominating deity of Burloka presented him with slippers full of mystic power. The demigods from outer space brought him presentations of flowers again and again. Purport This verse describes that the king's slippers were, were invested with mystic powers, Paduke Yoga Mayao. Thus, as soon as the king placed his feet in the slippers, they would immediately carry him wherever he desired. Mystic yogis can transfer themselves from one place to another whenever they desire. A similar power was invested 
in the slippers of King Prithu. Text 19 The demigods who always travel in outer space gave King Prithu the arts to perform dramas, sing songs, play musical instruments, and disappear at his will. The great sages also offered him infallible blessings. The ocean offered him a conch shell produced from the ocean. Text 20 The seas, mountains, and rivers gave him room to drive his chariot without impediments. And a sutta, a magada, and a vandi offered prayers and praises. They all presented themselves before him to perform their respective duties. Text 21 Thus, when the greatly powerful King Prithu, the son of Vena, saw the professionals before him to, to, to congratulate them, he smiled, and with the gravity of the vibrating sound of clouds, he spoke as follows. Text 22 King Prithu said, O gentle Sutta, Magadha, and other devotee offering prayers, the qualities of which you have spoken are not distinct in me. Why then should you praise me for these qualities when I do not shelter these features? I do not wish for these words meant for me to go in vain, but it is better that they be offered to someone else. Purport The prayers and praises by the Sutta Magadha and Bandi all explained the godly qualities of Maharaj Prithu, for he was a Shaktivesh incarnation of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Because the qualities were not yet manifest, however, King Prithu very humbly asked why the devotees should praise him with such exalted words. He did not want anyone to offer him prayers or glorify him unless he possessed the real qualities of which they spoke. The offering of prayers was certainly appropriate, for he was an incarnation of Godhead. But he warned that one should not be accepted as an incarnation of the Personality of Godhead without having the godly qualities. At the present moment, there are many so-called incarnations of the Personality of Godhead but these are merely fools and rascals whom people accept as incarnations of God, although they have no godly qualities. King, Prit King Prithu des des desired that his real characteristics in the future might justify such words of praise. Although there was no fault in the prayers offered, Prithu Maharaj indicated that such prayers should not be offered to an unfit person who pretends to be an incarnation of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Text 23 O gentle reciters, offer such prayers in due course of time when the qualities of which you have spoken actually manifest themselves in me. The gentle 
who offer prayers to the Supreme Personality of Godhead do not attribute such qualities to a human being who does not actually have them. Purport Gentle devotees of the Supreme Personality of Godhead know perfectly well who is God and who is not. Non-devotee impersonalists, however, who have no idea what God is and who never offer prayers to the Supreme Personality of Godhead are always interested in accepting a human being as God and offering such prayers to Him. This is the difference between a devotee and a demon. Demons manufacture their own gods or a demon himself claims to be God, following in the footsteps of Ravana and Hiranyakachipu. Although Prithu Maharaj was factually an incarnation of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, he rejected those praises because the qualities of the Supreme Person were not yet manifest in him. He wanted to stress that one who does not actually possess these qualities should not try to engage his followers and devotees in offering him glory for them, even though these qualities might be manifest in the future. If a man who does not factually possess the attributes of a great personality engages in his followers in praising him with the expectation that such attributes will develop in the future, that sort of praise is actually an insult. Text 24 How could an intelligent man, competent enough to possess such exalted qualities, allow his followers to praise him as if he did not, as if, as if he, as he, as, excuse me, I'll say this again, sorry. How could an intelligent man, competent enough to possess such exalted qualities, allow his followers to praise him if he did not actually have them? Praising a man by saying that if he were educated, he might have become a great scholar or great personality is nothing but a process of cheating. A foolish person who agrees to accept such praise does not know that such words simply insult him. Purport Prita Maharaj was an incarnation of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, as Lord Brahma and other demigods had already testified when they had presented the king with many heavenly gifts. Because he had just been coronated, however, he could not manifest his godly qualities in action. Therefore, he was not willing to accept the praise of the devotees. So-called incarnations of Godhead should therefore take lessons from the behavior of King Prithu. Demons without godly qualities should not accept false praise from their followers. Text 25 a per as a person with a sense of honor and magnanimity does not like to hear about his abominable actions, a person who is very famous and powerful does not like to hear himself praised. 
Text 26 King Prito continued, My dear devotees, headed by the Sutta, just now I am not very famous for my personal activities because I have not done anything praiseworthy you could glorify. Therefore, how could I engage you in praising my activities exactly like children? Thus end the Bhaktivedanta purports of the fourth canto, fifteenth chapter of Srimad Bhagavatam, entitled King Prita's Appearance and Coronation. All glories to the incarnation, the Shakti Veshavatar of the Lord, King Prithu, and all glories to all those who were praising him, even though he hadn't accomplished anything yet. Hare Krishna. Okay. We'll move on now to chapter 16. Praise of King Prithu by the professional reciters. Text 1. The great sage Maitreya continued, While King Prithu thus spoke, the humility of his nectarian speeches pleased the reciters very much. They then, then again, they continued to praise the king highly with exalted prayers as they had been instructed by the great sages. Purport Here the word Muni Chodita indicates instructions received from great sages and saintly persons. Although Maharaj Prita was simply enthroned on the royal seat and was not at that time exhibiting his godly powers, the reciters like the Sutta, the Magadha and the Vandi understood that King Prita was an incarnation of God. They could understand this by the instructions given by the great sages and learned brahmanas. We have to understand the incarnation of God by the instructions of authorized persons. We cannot manufacture a God by our own concoctions. As stated by Narutam Das Thakur, Sadhu Shastra Guru, one has to test all spiritual matters according to the instructions of saintly persons, scriptures, and the spiritual master. The spiritual master is one who follows the instructions of his predecessors, namely the sadhus, or saintly persons. A bona fide spiritual master does not mention anything not mentioned in the authorized scriptures. Ordinary people have to follow the instructions of sadhu, shastra, and Guru. Those statements made in the Shastras and those made by the bona fide Sadhu or Guru cannot differ from one another. Reciters like the Sutta and the Magadha were confident, confidentially aware that King Prithu, Prithu was an incarnation of the Personality of Godhead. 
although the king denied such praise because he was not at that time exhibiting his god godly qualities the reciters did not stop praising him rather they were very pleased with the king who although actually an incarnation of god was so humble and delightful in his dealings with devotees in this connection we may note that previously 4:15:21 it was mentioned the king preeta was smiling and was in a pleasant mood while speaking to the reciters thus we have to learn from the lord or his incarnation how to be gentle and humble the king's behavior was very pleasing to the reciters and consequently the reciters continued their praise and even foretold the king's future activities as they had been instructed by the sadhus and sages text 2 the reciters continued dear king you are a direct incarnation of the supreme personality of godhead lord vishnu and by his causeless mercy you have descended to this earth therefore it is not possible for us to actually glorify your exalted activities although you have appeared through the body of king vena even great orators and speakers like lord brahma and other demigods cannot exactly describe the glorious activities of your lordship purport in this verse the word mayaya means by your causeless mercy the mayavadi philosophers explained the word maya as meaning illusion or falseness However there is another meaning of maya that is causeless mercy There are two kinds of maya yoga maya and maha maya Maha maya is an expansion of yoga maya and both these mayas are different expressions of the lord's internal potencies As stated in Bhagavad Gita the lord appears through his internal potencies atma maya ya We should therefore reject the Mayavada explanation that the Lord appears in a body given by the external potency, the material energy. The Lord and His incarnation are fully independent and can appear anywhere and everywhere by virtue of the internal potency. Although born out of the so-called dead body of King Bena, King Prithu was still an incarnation. of the supreme personality of godhead by the lord's internal potency the lord can appear in any family sometimes he appears as a fish incarnation matya avatar or a boar incarnation varaha avatar thus the lord is completely free and independent to appear anywhere and everywhere by his internal potency it is stated that ananta an incarnation of the lord who has unlimited mouths cannot reach the end of his glorification of the lord although ananta has been describing the lord since time immemorial although ananta has been describing the lord since time immemorial 
So what to speak of demigods like Lord Brahma, Lord Shiva and others? It is said that the Lord is Shiva Vrinchi Nutam, always worshipped by demigods like Lord Shiva and Lord Brahma. If the demigods cannot find adequate language to express the glories of your Lord, then what to speak of others? Consequently, reciters like the Sutta and Magadha felt inadequate to speak about King Prithu. By glorifying the Lord with exalted verses, one becomes purified. Although we are unable to offer prayers to the Lord in an adequate fashion, our duty is to make the attempt in order to purify ourselves. It is not that we should stop our glorification because demigods like Lord Brahma and Lord Shiva cannot adequately glorify the Lord. Rather, as stated by Prahlad Maharaj, everyone should glorify the Lord according to his own ability. If we, were, if we are serious and sincere devotees, the Lord will give us the intelligence to offer prayers properly. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. So that brings us to 8 o'clock. We got a little extra time in today. And we'll start tomorrow at text 3. And patiently wait for the reflections of the assembled devotees. Hare Krishna. Time is going by so fast, huh? Hare Krishna. Yes, Rati. Hare Krishna. Dear Guru Maharaj, another blessed evening with you, with you, Sri the Prabhupada and Sri Bhagavatam. Thank you, Krishna. <clears throat> Thanks to the devotees, by the mercy of the devotees, the blessings of the devotees, that I'm able to do this. And you were the one that talked me into it. So Hare Krishna, special thanks to you. This is from Saksham Kumar. Saksham Kumar. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna, Guruji. What are your views about Hitler and his treatment of Jews of Europe? <laughs> what was the reason Hitler gave for his actions? I was reading recently that Hitler's second-in-command, Heinrich Himmler was very much into Bhagavad Gita and used to keep a copy of its German version with himself all the time. What is my view? Uh, Hitler was a demonic force. He was demoniac. And he killed all the Jews because he thought that he had read the Puranas and he knew that there was a uh, a pure race of people and he interpreted misinterpreted the German race to be the superior race and he thought that in order to purify the, the, his race that he should eliminate uh, the Jews that's a very simplified understanding 
uh, I've never, to tell you the truth, I've never really studied Hitler. Neither am I very uh, interested in studying Hitler. But that's as much as I know. Hare Krishna. I'm interested in the Srimad Bhagavatam. Hare Krishna. From Gopakanya Devi Dasi. Yes, Gopakanya Devi Dasi. Hare Krishna, dear Maharaj, and all assembled devotees. All glories to Shriva, Prabhupada, and Srimad Bhagavatam. All glories to His Divine Grace. All glories to the Bhagavad Purana, the literary incarnation of Krishna. From Sudevi Dasi? Yes, Sudevi Dasi. Hare Krishna Maharaj. Hare Krishna to you, Sudevi Dasi. And from Rosie Prema. Rosie Prema. Hare Krishna. What a nice name. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna to you. Rati Manjari is typing something. This better be good, Rati. <laughs> We've lost some of our most loyal listeners. They're in, they left. They left for India. <laughs> has a gem coming oh yes you can feel it coming right you can feel it coming da, 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 da. it's gonna set you back on your heels <laughs> that's an old one for us old timers <laughs> there it is Reciters like the Sutta and the Magadha were confidentially aware that King Prithu was an incarnation of the personality of Godhead. Although the king denied such praise because he was not at that time exhibiting his godly qualities, the reciters did not stop praising him. Rather, they were, rather, they were very pleased with the king, who, although actually an incarnation of God, was so humble and delightful in his dealings with devotees. Hmm. In this connection, we may note that previously, for 1521, it was mentioned that King Prithu was smiling and was in a pleasant mood while speaking to the reciters. Thus, we have to learn from the Lord or his incarnation how to become gentle and humble. 41611. Absolutely. And these are the qualities that allow for the absolute truth to enter uh, deeply into our consciousness. Pride, arrogance, and the various qualities in the 16th chapter of the Gita that describe the demoniac nature, they prevent uh, the sound of the glorification of the Lord to enter deeply into to our consciousness. So those who are most exalted are also most humble. I've been saying this lately and I, I think it's a realization. In the Bhagavad Gita, uh, 
Krishna lists the items that constitute knowledge. And the first of them is amanitva, humility. And in the purport at the end, Prabhupada says, knowledge begins with humility. And if you analyze those personalities who are devotees of the Lord, uh, they're called, they are more and more and more humble until you finally come to Srimati Radharani, the topmost devotee. And she is most humble. So knowledge begins with humility and ends with humility. Because with that give humility, you can understand Krishna. And you can serve Krishna in a way that Krishna becomes so pleased that he becomes controlled by such humility. This is why Prabhupada recommended to us over and over again, if we chant in the mood of helplessness, then we get the full mercy of the holy name of Krishna. The more we chant with a feeling of helplessness, the more mercy we receive from the Lord. And therefore, the natural qualities of humility and, and gentleness uh, appear in the person of a pure devotee of Krishna. What to speak of Krishna himself? Lord Chaitanya was most humble. Hare Krishna. Thank you for that elaboration. Hare Krishna, my pleasure. And she has another comment. I also like the final part, 4.16.2. By glorifying the Lord with exalted verses, one becomes purified. Although we are unable to offer prayers, to the Lord in an adequate fashion. Our duty is to make the attempt in order to purify ourselves. It is not that we should stop our glorification because demigods like Lord Brahma and Lord Shiva cannot adequately glorify the Lord. Hmm. Rather, as stated by Prahlad Maharaj, everyone should glorify the Lord according to his own ability. Hmm. If we are serious and sincere devotees, the Lord will give us the intelligence to offer prayers properly so encouraging that even though we are that even though we are and feel unqualified we are still invited to offer prayers to the lord yes of course and the more we offer our prayers according to our capacity the more qualified we become and the more qualified we become the deeper our prayers and the deeper our prayers the more pleased the lord is so this is the nature of devotional service there's a constant competition between the devotee of the Lord and the Lord. Who can please the other the most? And there's never an end to it. And by trying to understand that concept, you can get a glimpse of what, must, what it must be like in the spiritual world. Hare Krishna. And then we can want to go there very much, very intensely. Hare Krishna. 
and even more intensely we want to bring others there. Hare Krishna. Bhakti Manjari says dry. Hare Krishna. And from Subaram? Yes, Subaram. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances and all glories to Srila Prabhupada. Thank you for your daily readings. When you were reading 4.16.2, quote, Everyone should glorify the Lord according to his own ability. If we are serious and sincere devotees, the Lord will give us the intelligence to offer prayers properly. Unquote. I remember this verse from Bhagavad Gita. Satatam kirtayanta maam tatantas chadridavrataha namasyantas tamam bhaktya nityukta prasade Always chanting my glories, endeavoring with great determination, bowing down before me, these great souls perpetually worship me with devotion. Unquote. Great devotees constantly glorify the Lord by reading Srimad Bhagavatam, a form of Sankirtan. Daily readings, Ki Jai. Jai, Haribo. Thank you. That's a nice realization. Nice reflection. Thank you. Happy Akadashi from the United States. Oh, that's a, for us it's tomorrow. Hare Krishna. From Rati Manjari? Yes, Rati. She says, please bring all of us there to the spiritual world. Hare Krishna. I'm hoping that one of you will take me back. Thank you very much. Tomorrow's Ekadasi is going to be a big day for me and I've got also a special uh, kind of satsang I'm going to be having with all the preachers in London Temple Zoom call. So uh, it's going to be a big day for me tomorrow. So thank all of you so much again and again for your undying uh, loyalty to hearing Srila Prabhupada's books and the resultant consciousness. King Prithu didn't want to be praised because he hadn't done anything yet. But you are all showing year after year uh, just how loyal you are to hearing Srila Prabhupada's books and your qualities are coming out as a result. So, thank you very much. Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai. Samabira Bhaktivinda ki jai. Gaur Premanandi Hari Hari Bo. See you tomorrow night, same time, same time, same place, same topic as we begin to hear the glories of Prithu Maharaj. Hare Krishna. See you tomorrow.